Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk, home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk, whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk, and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ali told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast i am ollie davis and i'm joined by luke owen hello swaf nation and a hello to you oliver davis how the devil are you i'm doing good i'm i, I didn't realize how much the looming presenter issue was weighing on my shoulders with october happening which means we all have to work six days a week minimum mm-hmm. to put out the kind of coverage that we feel you people deserve oh yeah uh, Why didn't you review Impact? Oh my god! If some, if if they look at the amount of shows we're doing from October onwards and say, yeah, but WWE and AEW shills, where's the ROH and Impact coverage? Why haven't you got any New Japan stuff? Come on! <laughs> no one watches it anyway. Well, it's moving to Access now. Yeah, it's moving. Is into- that official? Oh yeah, yeah. It moves out the. It's after Bound for Glory. Do you think it's a bold move? Why not do it? Before Bound for Glory, well, try I, and get people to buy the pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I, I get that. That makes... It's like there's two equally understandable options. That makes sense. But also, Bound for Glory is your blow-off show, isn't it's like it? like a good reset point. Yeah, so like, just like how WrestleMania is. So maybe... I, I can totally see why they would go for after that, because they can effectively wrap up everything they've got now, don't isolate that fan base, and then start afresh where people can jump in I think a more, good entry point more puzzlingly they appear to be staying on Friday nights mm. and that means they're not going to move into a prime time position because otherwise they'll be going up against Smackdown which I don't think is the wisest move and then you're staying at 10 to 12 which isn't the best times not in the world and then if Smackdown does go to 3 hours you're going to be competing against 1 yeah. hour of that 
Yeah, it's like... Can it move to Tuesday? Thursday. Oh, yeah, Tuesday would make a lot more sense yeah, with the SmackDown Yeah, there's no wrestling move. there. Uh, Thursday was always impact nights for me. Yeah, Thursday. Going back in the day. Absolutely. In the TNA day. Yep. Oh, God, I used to love that promotion so goddamn much it was also helpful for me to do my impact highlights of the week on a friday mm. because the show aired on a bloody yeah, thursday yeah yeah so that's um is that so Meltzer speculated that it would be after because i guess you would get the smackdown lead in yeah but viewers. if uh, yeah i suppose smackdown's it's... a very big expensive pre-show <laughs> to impact <laughs> wrestling, impact on, wrestling access. on access yeah. god you bought the network you can you can put it anywhere. That's feasibly. what I mean. Yeah, just we can put it on at all times. Mm. Every show is now impact. You know what? Wednesday night seems to be free. Hey, pop that on there just pop too. Pop it on there. Make it a three-way Christ. war. Um, before we move on, would you mind if I did myself a quick little plug? Oh, go on then. Uh, so I was interviewed for Games on Film podcast uh, a couple Games of weeks ago. Games on Film. Is that their <laughs> intro? It, it, unfortunately not, it though. It should be. Yeah. Feed that back to them. I will say. She's taking a picture! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was interviewed by Games on Film um, podcast <clears throat> about my book, <clears throat> excuse me. Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, about my book, Lights, Camera, Game Over. We talked about video game movies, a little bit of wrestling in there because there's now a bit of wrestling mm. crossover with uh, The Rock starring in Doom and Jumanji. Um, and yeah, we talked about that, talked about the book, talked about uh, scrapped video game movies, what video game movies I'd like to see. Kind of like a bit of history about the writing of the book. So check that out. Search for Games on Film on Twitter uh, or on the interwebs and you'll be able to find out where you can listen to it. Or just tell uh, Alexa... Games on film. <laughs> Alexa, play games on film. You can't say it like that, though. No. Alexa, play games, games on, on film. film. She's taking a picture. <laughs> See you later. I really think you should definitely feed that back to me. This is <laughs> okay. excellent marketing. Okay, I will do. Um, I had another idea for a podcast this week. Uh, what podcast I'd like to do in my sort of fantasy booking uh, podcast mind. Uh, I would like to do a podcast that reviews each and every episode of Games Master. Wow. The classic 90s video game TV show that was like, um, how would you describe it? For our American viewers who might not be aware of what Games Master was, or, you know, the kids who weren't alive in the 90s. You know what? I'm not 100% sure I'm thinking of the same thing. You say Games Master, and my brain thinks of the one with the knights. Yes, there was a, a series with the Knights. Then there was one that was the, one of the series was set in heaven. One um, that was like set in right. hell. Oh, so it is the same thing. Yes, it's just that they had different sets for it. But it was one when you had um, oh, not Richard Attenborough. What was his name playing the Games Master? And they, you know, a little kid goes like, "Dear Games Master, I am stuck on Sonic Two, and I cannot get past this level. Can you help me?" What a stupid little boy. They were the easier trick to do, and then he'll tell you the the way to get around it. Wow! So it's YouTube. In the early 90s. Yes, exactly. Where they just tell you walkthroughs and cheats and tips. Yeah. But it was also game challenges and stuff, mm. like the first episode. I watched the first episode to see, is there enough mileage here for a, a full podcast? And of course there is. You thought, probably not. But I'm going to do it anyway. But I would do it anyway. Um, uh, the first challenge is this kid playing Mario Brothers 3, and he's got to get 50 coins in two minutes in the first level of Mario Brothers 3. Sorry, can I take your format mm-hmm. and maybe tweak it a tad? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you don't want to review Games Master. Or you, you kind of do. The USP for that, besides being incredibly niche already, oh, yeah. 
is track down the original contestants, yeah. interview them, and do a watch-along of their episode with them. Oh, that's good. Mm. Yeah, that is good. You can kind of do a, where are you now? How did it yeah. affect your life? Did you still play Mario Brothers 3? Yeah. One of them... Did I, you get past it? I remember uh, one of, someone did an interview with a, a website once because he played... Uh, he, had, he did a challenge against his sister on the, on the show and lost. And he said, I was bullied for years. <laughs> <laughs> What one well, kid? Oh, that kid who lost to his sister on an Mega Drive game. <laughs> what a loser! One kid had the audacity in our school to appear on Blue Peter <laughs> as because he was a very good roller skater or mm. rollerblader. If we, you know, these days that's celebrated. I think, wow, you've got a skill. You've you've got an extracurricular talent. And you were on the telly. And you were on the telly. On Blue Peter, no less. But that's not how it gets received in an all-boys school in the early noughties. You are hounded. <laughs> Blue Ponce. <laughs> <laughs> but just every... Like, to the extent where we run out of puns, horrible puns on Blue Peter, and just start, you know, Blue Dickhead. <laughs> and it just becomes Dickhead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rollerblade Dickhead. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't know the guy. Yeah. I think he was the year below... But I'd see him and instinctively go, Dickhead! <laughs> <laughs> and he got that from everyone. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a make or break thing, yeah, isn't it? I thought as well, that kid's probably going to be going into school. After it's said, thinking like, I'm going to be the talk of the school. Everyone is going to want to chat to me about what was it like being on the telly? You're like a celebrity within mm. this school with your super cool talent. But actually, your awful, terrible school place just thought to bully him instead. I, I, I don't think that's unique to my school place. I'd, I'd, I'd be really keen to hear from some younger viewers who are still in that sort of teenage school environment now mm. as students. Yeah. And, and see if it... Is it still like that? Or is everyone a lot more supportive now? Because looking at all all you millennials, which we're, are younger than me. We're millennials, you div. Looking at all your Gen Zers. Yeah, Gen Zers. I it seems to me like you're a lot more enlightened. You do you, you you seem to get behind causes You're nice people. Where it was fashionable and socially encouraged at in my youth yeah. to tear those down and make fun of anyone who tried it. Oh, I mean, as someone who went to school during the nineteen nineties, just the term gay. Was you know that was just that's what you said that was, and that was anything. Mm. It wasn't derogatory about gay people. It was just that's gay. Yeah, it's. I mean, you sh- watch back Shaun and the Dead. Yeah, and as a gay. gay, that's that's what it was back then. Yeah, totally. it, it, it sort of, you know, it probably was quite horrible to to be homosexual and hear that back in the day, uh, but now it feels kind of awkward, doesn't it, to yeah. watch that scene in Shaun of the Dead? I remember getting to uni and Big Gay Dave who was the president of the student union, and he owned that. That's what he called himself, mm-hmm. because that's a positive thing. Yeah, exactly. Big Gay Dave. Big Gay Dave. A big Gay Al in South Park. Exactly. Yeah, it probably came from that, actually. And I think he, I was around him, and I just went, oh, that's well gay, like that. But, like, you know, as you used to, saying that's a, as a, a negative thing. As in, that's not very good. Yeah, and he flipped out at me. Oh, yeah, no. I was two weeks into uni. I'd fallen in with the cool kids. Oh. I was hanging out with the president of the student union. And he, you know, not like flipped out's the wrong word. He schooled me in front of everyone. And I wanted to cry. <laughs> he was totally in the right, totally in the right. And it changed yep. me forever after that. Well, yeah. I would never use that word again in that way. But um, yeah, it was just like, you know, when you're told off and you're definitely in the wrong and it's around all your friends that you only made two weeks ago. Yeah. And this is the coolest guy in the world right now. 
Yeah, he was dating one of the members of the Scissor Sisters at the time. You've told I me that before. That was the coolest years. thing. Anyway, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there, I'm, when I was at school, there was one kid, I think, who was openly gay. But that was like a big thing. Yeah. Like, you know, this is sort of 1999, wow. 2000. It was a big deal. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Have you heard that? he's gay and it was like oh yeah because he tells everyone <laughs> and he's very openly camp about it and so when you found out one of the teachers were gay you're like oh my god have you heard yeah that? yeah yeah their teacher's gay but then there was a couple of people that i think people had a bit of an inkling were also gay but just would not come out the closet for fear of oh yeah totally understandable gay boy mm-hmm. all right gay boy you know and that sort of like uh, treatment and stuff and there was one guy i um i accident i accidentally called gay because I thought that he was, and I got really told off by him and his, and I want to say that I had no male friends, only had female friends. All of his female friends told me off as well, saying you shouldn't say that mm. sort of thing. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. I, that, I, I made a, you know, that was what I thought, and clearly I was wrong. And then he went to university and came out as gay, and he's been openly gay ever <laughs> since. And I'm like, I was bloody right. <laughs> You made me feel like an asshole for no reason. So mine was uh, mine was a story of growth and self-correction. <laughs> Luke's story, for the record, was <laughs> him being right. Once again, <laughs> absolutely right. Just for the record. It's not my fault I've got an excellent gaydar. <laughs> I said that the King of the Ring 2019 would be a joke tournament, and look who was right there. With Baron Corbin as a winner. I know. Spoiler I said it, for the show. Yeah, I said it would be a joke tournament, and it was... It. An absolute joke tournament. Um, we've actually got, funny enough, this is such a, a, a strange coincidence, but we actually have got an email in that's called My Experience with Bullying. Ah, well. So but we'll do that in the outro portion of this podcast because that was quite a nice lead-in for us to be talking about this week's Monday Night Raw. But before we get to the King of the Ring, we've got a certain mustachioed Bulgarian to talk about. Here's the show. Let's talk about Rusev and yes. how this has happened. Of course, we'll get to your super chat in the after this first discussion topic and then at the end of the show. So, last night's Raw was a mixed bag. So, a good half of it was, wasn't just bollocks. It was significantly damaging stuff to a lot of wrestlers and a lot of storylines. The other half was absolutely fantastic, and I loved it. The reports are Paul Heyman was in complete control of this show. Not only no Vince McMahon, but no Triple H either. Yeah. And we always say, I think it's quite popular, Heyman feels like this saviour figure. He can do no wrong. An image which Heyman has created himself. He's been largely responsible for that. And I think this shows that Heyman isn't all good. In fact... He's probably 40% quite bad and still relying on the old shock tactics of the worst parts of the Attitude Era. Yes, I would certainly uh, agree with that. Uh, we actually had a very, we got a really good email um, coming in on this Saturday's WrestleRamble that one of our patrons left in the mailbag community, which was about their thoughts on why there was a wrestling boom in the late 90s and why the Attitude Era was so successful and actually has nothing to do with the wrestling side of it. It's actually just more because everyone was into shock stuff at that time it was just it was beavis and butthead it was jerry springer jerry springer it was just uh, car crash tv was the thing and wwf and wcw were doing their version of car crash tv and that's why we had a wrestling boom now when it's actually just wrestling 
and people enjoy watching wrestling for wrestling, we might not ever get that other boom. But there is also, you know, that, that, that group of audience or that desire hasn't gone away. You've got Love Island and The Real World and Big Brother, all those things. So I'm sure, it's, does Big Brother still Some go? of those are outdated <laughs> references. Anyway, so here's the example that we're kicking off with of the very definitely Paul Heyman-led yes. and also very definitely crap pieces of booking. So... Sort of uh, in the second hour of the show, the Street Profits are backstage. They're hosting the gender reveal party for Mike and Maria Canales' baby. Mm -hmm. I, this segment alone got more plugging than NXT launching live on the USA Network this Wednesday. Well, you've got to spend time on the important things. Why didn't you set up an angle to feed into Wednesday? Because it's the Triple H expanded universe and they're my toys over here. <laughs> it's just boom. They have dropped a ball on the promotion of that show. It's, oh, yeah. it's, I can't believe it, considering how over egging of promotion they are for other things. Anyway, on a tangent. The Street Profits are hosting this party skit. There's a bunch of nobodies backstage the and 24, Ricochet. It's all the 24-7 geeks yeah. and Ricochet. And then Maria says, it's going to be a baby boy. Yeah, it was a very much a... The, the, the actual gender reveal was the least interesting thing about this because she just came in and went it's a boy mm. and everyone went hey as opposed to like here's some build and suspense to it yeah and then she said to mike but you're not the father ricochet is yeah so this is when she did because she this is a story that's been picked back up after two or so months of not being talked about at all completely dropped completely dropped but now we're now like oh yeah we're going to pick up that mike and maria storyline again that everyone was really craving which um, was a definite Paul Heyman thing. Yes. Like, that's, that's, that's reported. Yeah. All of that stuff and the, the shock stuff, which didn't go down well when it first started, was Paul Heyman's stuff. Yes. So they now decided to pick this back up again. But during the original run of this, Maria did say that Mike Kinez was not man enough to impregnate her. So a lot of people said, oh, he's not the father. I took that as she was just insulting him and he is still the father. But no, the storyline is that everyone was right he's not the father and she has now definitely confirmed that he's not the father because she said it's ricochet and ricochet is like it's not me i'm not the father i wouldn't do that well i mean i would but i'm not going to <laughs> poor old katie canzaro is watching her home going like what yeah um and then they go out and, and mike challenges him to a match and th th this was a very very bizarre like dawkins thankful that it wasn't him Mm. start off with yeah that was quite funny yeah. I, i've seen a lot of people be sniffy of the humor that came in this segment because I the line came up but <laughs> well, the line afterwards did make me laugh yeah it's which a really was, good joke they could have a maria on a pole match and montez ford said well that's how we got here in the first place yeah was well, like we can have a baby on the pole match and no maria and then into that I, yeah and that was like i've seen a few reviews go those jokes have no place in 2019 i'm like maria's character is that pretty much and they're making a joke about that just like you could do a joke the opposite way on a guy yeah that's that like to, to say that's and it's also a very funny joke made me laugh yeah and it got and, i didn't and, see it coming and you know if that was given to someone who's not very good at comedy to deliver maybe i'd feel differently but the fact of the matter is the street profits are excellent at delivering this sort of stuff completely fits with dawkins's character yeah that guy is a horny man. Oh, he is so horny. Yeah. Such a horny, horny, horny man. Um, so then we got the match between Mike Canellis and Ricochet. 
Michael Cole throughout this was praising Ricochet for sleeping with Maria. Yeah. <laughs> just like, well done, you. <laughs> Which would be great if it was Joey Styles, but that isn't Michael Cole's Michael thing. Cole. I don't want to hear Michael Cole ever <laughs> remind me that he's he's got a penis, you know? But this, was, but this was just a big joke to the commentators who were just laughing uproariously amongst themselves, not really paying attention to the match. They were just making jokes amongst themselves and Ricochet won with the recoil. Yeah, and, and Ricochet was actually very good here, I thought. He told the physicality of, I don't want to beat you, man. I know this is Maria just manipulating you. I just, yeah, I, and that's a really difficult babyface thing to pull off. I thought he managed it very well. Yeah, I thought he was actually very good in that as well. Um, and then we went to a different segment with Bray Wyatt, and then we came back, and Mike's still in the ring. This, this has been given so much time, so much airtime for this episode. Mike's still in the ring. Maria um, says... I told you Ricochet was the father because I thought that would motivate you. Again, insinuating that he is still the father. But then said, but here's the real father. And who was that real father? It was Rusev. So after not appearing since April, where he was in the 51-man battle royal for Super Showdown, so not even a featured thing, and many reports of him and Lana being unhappy, that their contracts are up soon. I mean, they've been very vocal about how they've been unhappy. Basically, every podcast interview they've ever done is like, this company's awful. And, and I do not like it here. Yeah, and Brad Shepard's saying they re-signed. <laughs> and Rusev is like, I'm not re-signed, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Shepard go pressing tweets. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and then they choose now to have him return. And it's just... Such an odd choice, and it fell completely flat because Rusev comes out. First of all, he looks great. He's got a moustache. He's stuck with that look, which is just awesome anyway. But just physically, the guy looks like he's lost 20, 30 pounds. He looks amazing. Not that he was ever out of shape, but he has leaned up considerably. He's more, I don't know, maybe body shape-wise for his character. I I prefer him a bit bulkier, Mm. but like, like... you can't fault the guy's commitment to training here. But he comes out, and usually, if there's any kind of WWE return, people pop big. And then they're like, oh, yeah, don't mind now. And Rusev is one of those guys who hasn't been around for this amount of time. Same amount of time as Sasha Banks, roughly. Same amount of time as Luke Harper. And he's a, he's a beloved character, really, with the Rusev Day stuff. So you'd expect the crowd to react yeah there was a couple of chances of rusev day during the ensuing match that they had but he comes out to pretty much crickets because as i think they were asking the same things i was why is he out there with maria does that mean he had sex with maria and where's lana they did bring up lana on commentary they said conspicuous by her absence Where's Lana? Well, that's not good enough. No, uh, well, no, I agree. Yeah. And also, a, a Maria and Rusev partnership does not work for me because then, so Rusev goes down the ring and beats up Mike Kanellis around ringside, and Maria's just standing there, like at the top of the round, going like, "Hmm, yes, you, you do that, father of my child." And then he, yeah, then it turned into a match, and then match could kick, camel clutch, and Rusev won. But my notes here have written is like, is this real? Is this yeah. real life? Because this, this, or is this is just fantasy. Yeah, I mean, caught in a landslide is what bloody Rusev is in his career trajectory. This was a bad, bad day for Rusev. Mm. This is a bad return, and it slots him at completely the wrong place on the card. This is a man who should be in your top echelon of of wrestlers, and they just consistently 
slot him in that lower mid-card place and just have no Fs to give about him. Yeah, it's it's really damaging. This is one of the, the really significant problems with this episode of Raw because, okay, you have a bad match, you botch a segment. That's just bad. When you cut the legs out from underneath someone who has so much potential and will damage their career, that's unforgivable in my eyes. That's the stuff I hate more than anything else. We'll talk about it as well with Cedric Alexander. So it's just, I, I do not know what they were thinking. I just don't, what I think is going to happen next week, Rusev is just going to be a monster that destroys people. He's not going to have any affiliation with the Canalisi. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so they you just, don't think there's going to be a manager? Then why was Maria up on the ramp nodding just, approvingly? It's just a way to give Rusev a return. So is he the father then? No, no, I, oh, I, I don't think that's anything to do with it. And they just thought, huh. We'll put Rusev return in here, which, like you said, slots him in at that mid-card level, under mid-card, really, undercard stuff, yeah. if you're with the Canela side. Sure, Mike had a fun line of, well, if you're the father, actually, I'm okay with it, yeah. because he was scared of him. But overall, this segment was really, really crap and ultimately damaging to Rusev. And then, should we go through the Corey Graves line? Yeah, so Corey called uh, Mike a beta cuck and... That, yeah, all the commentary team were making fun of Mike, effectively saying versions of that. So it's just like... <sighs> that is... That is tone-deaf writing. Mm. Whether he said that on his own, which is bad, but it's worse if it was written for him and fed to him by someone else, and then he said it. Well, I'm, I, to be honest, I can't sit here and say I enjoyed the, uh, the Maria on a pole joke and then condemn that line because that would be hypocritical. I think they're I both think in the same thing. I don't think that's well, hypocritical. Well, you look at, at you look at this segment and how the characters are. Mike is a cuckold. Mm. He, you know, he he said there. Oh yeah, if it was you, I'm glad you had sex. I'm glad you had sex with my wife. That you can't get more literally a cuckold than Perhaps that. You're right. Yeah, really. Yeah. So like, I can't. If if I'm gonna defend the the. Maria on a pole match? I think the two are wildly different, though. How? Well, I think one of them is a joke. The other one is being used as an insult. And it's an insult that is used by all the worst parts of the internet community, which as a sort of almost justifies the stupid things that they say. Mm. And I, so I don't think it was being done as, like, he is a cuckold. It's just like, oh, no, he is a lower, lower male. And I'm going to use that as a stupid... We might as well have called him a soy boy for the idiocy that it sounded like. So I think the two are wildly different, personally. I just... It's, it's literally what the word means. If, no, but that's not what he was using it for, though. He wasn't using it in the literal sense. I mean, I, I guess you could argue that he wasn't, but he was saying it when Mike had just said, I'm happy you slept with my wife. I think we'll agree to disagree on this one. I don't, I don't think they were using it for that term because, I mean, people have been calling him a cuck since he started because mm. he took on her name, which is not what a cuckold does. But it's just, it's, I think they were using it for the, the other version to of pop, it. Uh, to pop the darker areas That's, of the that, YouTube That was comments. my take on it as opposed to using the literal sentiment because I'm, it's, one of the, it's one of those words that has lost all meaning. Like the word clickbait mm. has lost all meaning for what it actually was designed to use or cancel culture has lost all meaning. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We've also got some $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon to also say thank you to. So here come the cheap pops for harder than its bite, Sean Barksdale. Asker's future husband and EOF one man wrecking crew, Skin Tray. Yeah, bit creepy. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Why'd you give me this one? Matthew Jimjewski. It's It'll good. Oh, it's very It'll good. He's never corrected us. Brett the Hitman, Matthew Williams. <laughs> Killer Chris Phillips. Yeah. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Leroy oh, Jenkins. Switchblade, Courtney Summers. She's Ooh, one yeah. of our longest running ones. Love Courtney. Sorry, I was putting the thing down. Dot, 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 dive, Dylan Cachetta. Work smarter. They drew first blood, not me. Grace Rambo. Got a new Rambo movie out this week. You sold out. Jay Sellers. You sold out. You You sold sold out. out. Jonathan, the headmaster headman. He's been on the stream, hasn't he? Yes. Uh, John Santos, little helper. That's a good good. one. Nate Drop surname. Whoa. Nice, yeah. yeah. Comments a lot. What you gonna do, brother, when Xandomania runs wild on you? Whoa. And finally, T-Rex Joseph Calmarin. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. So we've got an awful lot about Rusev in this entire angle, so we'll just do some of them for now and the rest later. Uh, we'll start with Matthew Muldoon, who said, What if the story becomes who is Rusev sleeping with backstage instead of who is the father of Maria's baby, Bulgarian Val Venus? <laughs> He's got the look with the tash, put a yeah. towel around the guy. Absolutely. It looks great. 
Uh, Josh Paulson says, your headline is the understatement of the year. My hairline. No, no, the, no, the, the headline. headline. My head, sorry. The headline. God, I just hear insults everywhere. <laughs> Saying <laughs> WWE botch. Yeah, we didn't want to say ruin. We've used that a lot recently. Yeah. Uh, didn't didn't you suggest Chopper that we say effing botch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They completely screwed up. It was an S yeah. show, etc. Bulgarian yes. bull Bulgarian. S. <laughs> yeah. I think yours was Bulgar- Bulls Bulgarian balls up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nikhil Biznath said, "Should Mike and Maria appear on Maori Maori?" Is that a show in US? Yeah, it's like a Jeremy Kyle thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is soap opera stuff. And I, I like soap opera stuff. I mean, if you look at it from a YouTube thumbnail, WWE channel thing, who is Maria's you know, baby's father? You yeah. know, that's. I'm not against all that stuff. I think that's quite fun stories. But yeah, this, this, this really damaged Rusev. That's the problem I've got it with. Zach Icon Lindner said, Rusev mustache break, please. Oh, it's coming in the video later on. But s- no, not a big one yeah, we because got, it was a sad one. We got sent one. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's very good. Mm. Very, very good. And uh, Rons for Jen shares similar feelings, saying time for Rusev mustache break, which, as you said, is coming later. Uh, Angel Torres says, uh, so how do you like the porno Rusev gimmick? Love it. Love that Tash. I always love a Tash. Tashes are amazing. Mm. That sentiment is not shared by Marcus Roman, though. He says, <laughs> I don't like Rusev's new look. He looks like he could be from Narcos. Yeah, he does, doesn't he, a bit? I, I mean, I I think he does He does look better with the full beard for that character. But, you know, maybe it'll grow on me. I, d- I do think he looks awesome still, though. I'm just saying that the there have been three people who have recently had... I say recently. One of them was a number of years ago. But remember when uh, Cody Rhodes had a mustache for a bit? That got him over... Robert Roode, debut with a mustache, that got him over for a couple of weeks. I'm just saying, it's the way to get over these days, is to have a good-looking Tash. That's why Don Fry was so good in UFC. Uh, Chase and Carrie Harmon said, uh, if Rusev and Lana weren't on the way out prior, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Oh, they've re-signed, and this is the three-week oh, push. This is, yeah. <laughs> this, that, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, God, he's re-signed. <laughs> he's getting instant karma for doing so. Yeah. Kevin said Casey Catanzaro and Lana must have had a good time watching the whole thing. Yeah, Casey Catanzaro did tweet about it because um, she obviously she knew that Maria was lying and uh, she's like challenging her to a match, which I think is unfair. She is pregnant. Mm. Uh, and then finally for now, before we get into the rest of the show, Graham Scrivener said Rusev is Freddie Mercury jacked. Yeah. <laughs> is there a pun there? Shreddy Mercury. Oh, there it is. <laughs> He's got it. Right, That's so. how quick he is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Full episode of Raw. This is going to be a, a, a pendulum swing, I think, that because it was pretty much, I love this segment, I hate this segment, I love this segment. We start off with all that condensed into one. Seth Rollins walks out, smile on his Smiling face. Smiling on his face instantly put me in a bad mood. Yeah, and he walks into the ring and he goes, <laughs> John, and effectively recaps the pay-per-view, which shouldn't be your top babyface's role. That should be the job of the announcers team. Or a video package. Yeah, when you give that stuff to, to Seth, it makes him so lame. And he's talking, he's like, oh, but props to Braun Strowman. Michael Cole isn't doing him any favors, calling him the monster slayer on commentary. And I was like, Christ alive. I'm going to have to start seeing that on his Titan Tron now. Be Fiend Slayer next. Yeah. He should, he should have come out 
really angry. Yep. This is what happened last night. The fiend attacked me at the end of the show. Yeah. And then just go, I'm calling you out right now, Bray Wyatt. I haven't got time for your nonsense cosplay crap. Maybe not say that, but, you know, with that sentiment. Rather than coming out and being like, man, what a night I had on Sunday, eh? I had to defend my tag team title. It's like, it's, it's not the point here, Seth. Get to the point, mate. You, you, there are bigger fish to fry than you talking about the tag titles that I don't think you particularly cared about in the first place. No. Thankfully... Firefly Funhouse then hit. Yes. And this segment went to 11 because everything on this show that Bray Wyatt touched was freaking gold. He is onto something. WWE know he's onto something. And they're really, really smartly using him, you know, just dropping him in just at the right moments, I feel. Mm. They're not overexposing him. They're still making me want more all the time. The treatment of him has been perfect. And what we had here was Bray appear on the screen, again, adding a little bit of mythology, to a, a little bit more to his mythology by saying, oh, I can't, it's my best friend, Seth Rollins. And he's got like later on a friend wall yep. and it has all the people The Fiend has taken out with their eyes crossed out. Yeah, and he's like, I'm so glad you're okay. Mm. What The Fiend did to you was really, really bad. It's so captivating and interesting. And then Ram- the rabbit like pops up and just starts screaming at Seth to run. Yeah. Like, get out of here. You need to run now. And Bray's like, get out of here to Rambling Rabbit. Yep. And then Seth Rollins, and I think this is really significant. I'm sorry if it's happened before. I couldn't think of an example because Finn Balor would just stare gormlessly <laughs> at the screen whenever a skit played. But Seth Rollins interrupted Bray and said, you're a sicko. You're a sick man. And then Bray sort of, uh, that's when Rambling Rabbit jumped yeah. up. And, and I, I, that marks the first time that Someone has interacted with the Firefly Funhouse world and it just makes it so much better because up until now, everyone's been like, there's Firefly Funhouse. I don't really know how to deal with it. Shall I address what just happened? Is it existing in its own world? I don't know. But Seth probably called out Bray, called him a sicko, and that's so useful because now I'm like, yeah, he is a sicko. Yeah, He's not the coolest guy. Well, he is the coolest guy, but he is also a sicko. And it makes me, got me into both sides of the feud. And Bray's great promo work continued when he said that, um, you know, hey, I've made mistakes. So have you, Seth. You've made mistakes. But you know what friends do? Friends forgive. (laughs) But the Fiend can't forgive. And so awesome. And that's why he had to say hello to you at Clash of Champions. I love that. Like, because Bray is this, you know, Mr. Roger style character, he had to say hello to you. Not I he had to give you the mandible claw and let you out yeah. with crazy violins playing. He had to say hello. Yeah. A nice, friendly hello from the Fiend. All right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Luke. Uh, so, do you think this was live? Or do you think this was a pre-tape that they left a gap in for Seth to interact? Because I'm, I, I don't, I'm not sure, to be honest. Up until now, I would say all of Bray's stuff has been pre-filmed in the day and played as a VT. Yeah. Whereas I think this could have been live backstage and uh, they just add the sound effects in yeah, I think as that. they go. And then that gives Seth to, time to respond. Which it, And that would mark a, quite a distinct backstage production change in how they do these which makes it a lot more vibrant which they get with the hat to do really because you couldn't do all of it pre-taped no. like when you were doing the first run of firefly funhouse when you were just we're just going to do a new episode every week you could you had the time to be able to produce them and you know get them all ready but now as a on-screen character and as a recurring on-screen character he is going to have to start doing stuff live uh, in the day and about two weeks ago i think i said i was worried about that change coming 
because I felt like more people would have their creative input. It would dilute Bray down. Uh, I just got I just got freaked out by one of the episodes where they put the fiend's face over Bray's face. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's a bit cheesy and not subtle like they've done before. Uh, so it, it's it's enormously comforting to see them make this change, and it's still excellent. Oh, and it is so so good. And he said, um, yeah, the fiend might have more to say tonight. And then there's a long pause. And he goes, doodles. Yeah. See ya. See ya. See ya. See you in hell. He's yes. so good when he does that. Uh, and then all the graphics were upside down. Well, so, sorry, just before that, um, the crowd popped huge when Bray said the fiend might be there tonight. Yeah. And I was like, God, the, the days of pops for announcements like that haven't been around for a while. Like, you'll just get a, yay, got this match coming up later. This was a genuine excitement. Oh, my God, he's going to be here. Yeah. Like, back in the day, one of the loudest pops ever, Solomonster always talks about it, was when I think Linda McMahon said that Stone Cold Steve Austin would be on the show next week. Yeah. And it got, like, this sustained two-minute super pop. Yeah. And you're like, that doesn't happen these days. Entrances, when the people are actually there, don't get those kinds of pops. But Bray is so over right now. The Fiend is so over that everyone was excited at the prospect of seeing him. Not confirmation, the prospect. Yeah. And that's, that's really exciting. Yeah, and it started, it started like a, a show-long run of, of Bray Wyatt segments. Mm. Uh, but yeah, all the graphics were then upside down. Um, so initially, I think a lot of people thought that this was a production error. But Renee was like... Why are all the graphics upside down? And then there was sort of a, a bit of a pause, almost as if like they were just acknowledging that there was an error. But you have a theory on what this is. Oh yeah. Oh, I think, and I think that's confirmed by the end of the show. That was foreshadowing the the end sequence, which was the Firefly Funhouse credits played for ninety seconds. It was for ages. I I loved it. Some people were like, "Well, they had time to fill." I'm like, "No, go full into the weirdness." Got here. to hear the second verse. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, the Fiend appears at the end of the show, lays out Kane, and just terrifies Seth Rollins. And that's, that's you go off-air shot. And then the last 90 seconds are the Firefly Funhouse credits, but they distort, they flip upside down. I think that those upcoming match graphics of it being upside down was definitely intentional. It foreshadows this bit at the end. This, you know, if I'm to fantasy book this, and I, I, I think this is where they're going based on this... This is the start of the Firefly Funhouse slowly taking over Raw's production and feel. So maybe next week, I think you had the really good idea of the match graphics are like drawn, like mm. the Firefly Funhouse yeah. yeah. And then by the time you get to the Go Home show, the whole of Raw is a Firefly Funhouse episode. And the commentators are like, we don't know how this is happening. Uh, and I guess like logically you sit back and you go, well, how is Bray in control of the graphics? And the worst thing they can do here is make it up to a supernatural thing. I think, you know, you watch a slasher movie and the psychopathic killer has a lot of access to things to freak people out and play mind games. There are those who believe that Jason can teleport. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah. But well, that's good. Well, the point I was going to make was a lot of people believe that he can teleport, whereas my rationale was like, well, he doesn't teleport. He just he knows the woods so well that he can just get around them quicker than anyone else can. Yeah. So I'm just I'm giving them the, be the benefit of the doubt and theorizing that Bray is tormenting production people to do this for him because it's part of a larger plan to destroy Seth. Hey. And I am freaking excited. I'm all yeah. in for that. I think the idea of a Firefly Funhouse-centric roar 
is an exciting prospect. It also fills me slightly with dread because it's like, yeah, yeah. that might be one step too far. But the mere prospect of it and the prospect that you've been uh, poising here of the he's going to be just sort of slowly taking over all this upside down graphics was the start of it. The uh, the outro credits at the end was the next step. That does kind of excite me a little bit. And yeah, this sort of like the this omnipresence just overshadowing it's like the upside down trying to take over hawkins in uh in real life yeah and we're totally understandable to be sort of worried about it because wwe do not have a good track record but you know who has bray wyatt has he put a step wrong since this fiend character debuted i guess at the start when it was just the rocking puppets i look back on those now and i, I know I, 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 yeah but I, I i liked all of it i just think they ran it slightly too long yeah yeah but like overall, that this is a, a unprecedented amount of critical success, I would say. So very exciting stuff. Uh, then we cut backstage. Braun Strowman tells Charlie Caruso, "The next guy in this ring is gonna get these hands, these hands." And then Rude and Ziggler came out. And I was like, "Oh no!" Oh, but it got worse. Yeah, and I was like, oh, man, that means Rude and Ziggler are going to be made to look like complete chumps. They've just won the tag belts. That's stupid. Then the revival came, and I was like, lads, can't, you can't do this, surely. It was a tag title summit where they all got to celebrate in the ring because they're heels. And, of course, Braun Strowman came down. And I say in my review later, literally and figuratively ran over the tag division on both brands. Scott Dawson tweeted out, when are we going to learn that we can't beat up Braun Strowman? It's, this is terrible. Like, as if the last four weeks weren't enough with Braun and Seth undermining the tag division as, and, you know, like, completely gutting it. This, the, I, I just thought we were going to put a, a full stop on that and now we're back to it being okay. But no, this, it, the tag division looks like a joke. Yeah, and then we've got Chris and Bl- uh, Chris. Cross and Bliss uh, backstage with coffee uh, and made fun of Sasha Banks, um, saying that they're true champions and they're going to show it tonight. And then uh, the the sort of rubbish undermining of stuff continued with the OC taking on Cedric Alexander and the Viking Raiders, uh, something that was sort of set up the previous week. And of course, AJ just squashed, I think we can quite safely say, Cedric on the cock pre-show. They got a six-man tag here with the Vi- he team with the Viking Raiders. Cedric came out to no reaction whatsoever, by the way. Who did? Cedric. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, Why yeah. would he? Yeah. They're flattening him out. And the, it was a funnish match. I was a bit, when I was watching it, I was like, well, how can I get into Cedric now? AJ's they, already beaten him. And they kept saying, oh, Cedric's a future champion in this company. Like, he's going to win so many titles mm. in this company. But he was not the better man against AJ Styles. And I'm like, no, he was a terrible man against AJ Styles. He looked absolutely rubbish. And then he just lost here again. Yeah. And then got beaten up after the match. Phenomenal forearm from AJ. He pins Cedric. Then... AJ continues to beat him up after the match. Cedric starts to come back, and I'm like, I'm past this anyway. But okay, Cedric's going to make a comeback and stand tall here. Not even that! AJ Styles hits an Avalanche-Styles clash, and that's it. Alexander has been, for whatever reason, completely buried. 
No, I'm going to read this out because I actually had a message just before we came out uh, on air. Um, someone's almost defending this ever so slightly. Oh, this is um, indefensible. Uh, say that uh, I wouldn't say... Uh, where's, where's the message? Uh, I know the reports that Vince wanted Cedric buried, but at the same time, Cedric took most of the offense in their tag match before he got pinned and then fought back before taking the Styles Clash. That doesn't exactly seem like a burial to me. Uh, and then said... Um, and I said, well, he still lost. Like, I quite, don't remember the comebacks. Quite convincingly. Yeah. And he said, I wouldn't say uh, AJ only got the pin on Cedric because Cedric <laughs> was taking out the OC and didn't realize that AJ was tagged in. And the commentary was putting over how Cedric seemed more vicious towards AJ like their fuse was set to continue. Uh, it just wouldn't make any sense uh, to say he's getting buried. But commentary said, and I quote, Cedric has aggression befitting a future champion. Michael Cole says, what a moment all the time. <laughs> that doesn't make it a moment. I, I just... Look, good for you, you're into this. Me, I think this is awful, yeah. and it's completely flattened out Cedric. And they've ruined him. And it's going to take months of rebuilding if they want to try and rebuild him, which I don't think they will. And that's profoundly depressing. My worry is, is that they do think that this is working, and it's the Daniel Bryan, oh, we just keep beating him and beating him and beating him, and they get over because mm. of that. Whereas the, what they forget is that Daniel Bryan got over in spite of their terrible booking of him in that in that summer period thankfully we can shift gears now because i love the next thing it was one of those bits that ran throughout the night the 24 7 title our truth is in knoxville tennessee and someone is a mayor of knox county in that same state it's glenn jacobs aka kane and our truth and carmella go to like a Hall of Fame place. They were in a museum. Yeah. I, I, I wrote down, I don't know what museum it was. I think it was like the women's basketball. There was a big basketball thing. on the ceiling, I believe. On the ceiling, on the roof. Anyway, there was some truth comedy. There was Carmella doing the, oh, this is so funny. And then there's Glenn Jacobs, who was perfect so good and he's like do you remember me? And he said, yeah, you're Larry Bird. Yeah. Which did make me laugh. And he says, um, I want to show you around this great city because I'm the mayor here. I've got a limo outside waiting for us. And Truth's like, that sounds like fun. And then Carmella's already worked all of this out. So she's giving uh, Kane the shifty eyes. Mm. And I thought this was, I was like, hey, I can't wait to see where the, uh, the next segment of this. Yeah, yeah, very good. And then the, the goodness continued with the King of the Ring final between Chad Gable and Baron Corbin. Uh, I would be a, even higher on this if it wasn't just... If, if it hadn't just so obviously become an afterthought for this company. Oh, yeah. I think by the end of week one, we should have seen that this was a joke tournament. We did initially say, I mean, I initially said at the start that it would be a joke tournament because it's got a joke gimmick at the end of it where you get the crown and scepter and everything. And some people have brought me up on this saying like, well, it wasn't a joke when Brock Lesnar won. It was like, well, yeah, Brock Lesnar didn't wear a crown. <laughs> he just won a tournament that made him the best wrestler in the company. Same when Kurt Angle won it. He was just like, oh yeah, you're the best one now. And you get a future title shot. This was very much, no, 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 you are going to come, you get to become a cartoon character at the end mm -hmm. of this. And I think a few people thought this was going to be WWE doing a G1. And I there were moments in there, we worked it out it was over 50% of very good matches. But it, you, when you compare that to the G1... Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, but, that's, but that's what I think people thought this was going mm. to be. When you look at the, the amount of talent in this tournament, this could be like every week we get a five-star match uh, or a four-and-a-half-star match or something along those lines. But in reality, what we got was a lot of three-and-a-half-star matches that were very good for television. And, yeah, by the end of week one, I think most people had worked out, oh, no, this is... 
not being taken seriously. It's mostly just angles and, you know, well, not, I l- not there for wrestling. Yeah, well, the problem was this this took a considerable knock in prestige because it was originally meant to be, the finals were meant to be at cock. And then it was bumped to Raw. And then I thought, well, you know, it could be a main event. It's not a main event. It wasn't even the second hour main event. It was the first hour match. And it just really, like, that placement just tells me as a viewer, oh, I don't have to care about this. I also, I mean, I'm going to get onto the positives very, very shortly. Mm. But my last negative for this is because of the way this, the tournament has been booked and structured, for me, the Chad Gable Cinderella story has not worked. Yeah. Um, and I think if this had been a better told tournament, this Chad Gable final could have been a really, really big deal. Oh, yeah. As it stands, it just felt like it was any old match on Raw. At the end of it, you get a crown. But with that out of the way, this was a terrific match. Baron Corbin has been the MVP of this tournament. And I'm super glad he won. Yeah, yeah. And isolated from all that other stuff, in ring, this was corking. I was talking to Luke before we came in here, and I said, you know what, I'll save this for the, the show. Because... We watch this very early in the morning. We get up and we watch Raw and then we come in and we make all our notes and stuff. So I'm there at 7am watching this episode, this match. My girlfriend's asleep. By the end, I am legit yelling. <laughs> I don't usually yell at the screen for things, especially at that time. I'm, I was yelling, tap, tap, tap. I was completely absorbed by this great moment where Cedric, sorry, Cedric where Chad locks in the, the great vine ankle lock on Baron. I, I bought into that as the finish. Oh I, was my like, God. I was like, Corbin's going to tap it because they'd worked over the leg and he'd wrapped it around the post. I was like, this is it. This is where it's going to happen. There was a bit shortly before where, yeah, he said, you're my height now to yeah. Corbin. Uh, and, and of course, there's so much context there with Kurt Angle earlier in the year. The ankle lock. Baron unfairly retired him in his last match, and now he's going to tap to the Chad Gable ankle lock. But I love the grapevine. And then, like, he was reaching, and he got it, and then Baron turned it round, hit the end of days. I yelled, no! <laughs> like that. One, two, three, Baron wins. I was, you know, but, like, I was worked so hard by this match. And at the end of it, even though the heel won, I'm not like, oh, I was cheated there. I was like... Damn, that was enjoyable. Mm. And like, that's no higher, like, you know, sort of praise for a match like this. I thought it was a really, really good final to this mm. tournament. Yeah. I, thought, I thought Corbin looked great. And it's funny, actually, someone sent us a clip of uh, a video that we did a few weeks back. It was when Sasha returned. And it, they sent in a super chat saying, Baron Corbin's going to win. And our reaction was, oh, that sounds awful. And we had said in our, the first time when we talked about the Kingdom Tournament, he's either going to be out first round or he's winning the whole thing. <laughs> and I think we, we said that he was going to be out first round when we were still under the pretense that it was going to be a tournament based around wrestling. But really, at the end of the day, this was the right choice. He was completely the person that should have won this tournament. And not just because it suits his gimmick so well. He has stepped up. Like, as a performer, he has leveled up. Remember, before this tournament started... He had a month off. And that month, like before that month off, he was one of the worst things in the company. Not necessarily because of him, but just the way he was overpushed and he just bared over everything. But since coming back, he has, he has settled into this mid-card heel role 
and he is so good. It's the effective. right level for him. Oh. It's what we've always said on this show. He's not the problem. It's the over pushing. It was the problem. He shouldn't be in that universal championship picture, but as a mid card heel, He's so, so good at it. It's The Miz. Mm. The Miz shouldn't be a WWE champion. The Miz is a great mid-card heel. Yeah. And Baron Corbin slots into that role perfectly. Yeah. Uh, also, I just I got real Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar vibes from this match. You know, where the first 10 minutes, it's just the heel dominating. Mm. But then Chad started to come back. I thought this was absolutely terrific. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know where Gable goes from here. Oh, Shorty G. Yeah. Or just not on TV. <laughs> Hopefully to AEW. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think that. Uh, or go to NXT. Mm. Maybe that's a better use of him. He- he's going to get lost on the main roster again. Yeah. Uh, then we got the, the whole Canellis and Rusev stuff. Uh, Bray was in the middle there uh, with a skit hanging up photos of his friends. The wall of friendship. It's, all, it's like Jerry Lawler and Finn Balor and Foley and Angle. And yeah, he's just like, oh, there's a person I need to hang up here. I've got a new friend to add to the wall. So that was, was a nice touch. There was also a minute here. I thought we were going to get a video package for NXT. I was wrong. No, no. They did this a few times where they started talking about how great NXT <sighs> is. And then that's it. They throw to something more important. Yeah. As opposed to a big announcement. The, so that the, the only thing I would change about this wall of friendship is that everyone he's taken out had their eyes quite gruesomely crossed out with mm-hmm. red. Seth hasn't been taken out properly yet. Well, he got taken out Clash of Champions. But not properly, properly. Everyone else has just sort of disappeared from TV. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would have no crosses on the eyes. Mm. Very, very minor, though. That's just what I would have fed back if Bray was... If me and Bray were bouncing ideas off each other, yeah. that's, that would be my feedback. Uh, we heard more with Kane and Truth. Uh, they were at the stadium for the Volunteers. The Knoxville... I'm going to guess Knoxville Volunteers or Knox County Volunteers. Tennessee, probably. They Tennessee volunteers. I, I don't know, to be honest. But I was thinking, I've got slightly distracted from this because I, I obviously don't know a lot about the American sports or British sports for that matter. But um, I, if it's not past the 1990s, or if it is past the 1990s rather, but one of the, my favorite things about American sports are the names. Mm. Like here, it's just, it's the town you're in. You're Manchester City. Club. You're just a club. Yeah. yeah. Where are you from? Where are teams based in Arsenal? Well, you're Arsenal then. Where's your team? We're in Tottenham. Where you're Tottenham then? Where are you? We're at West Ham. We're at West Ham. Whereas in America, it's like the, you know, it's the Titans. It's the Bald Eagles. It's the these sorts of things. And I was like, we don't have like the Merseyside Liverbirds. Mm-hmm. It's just Liverpool. And maybe that's what's missing. Oh yeah, in British yeah. football. More more pizzazz. More pizzazz. More pro wrestling. Uh, yeah, so they were in that, and this was a really funny skit. I thought Glenn Jacobs again was—he's so good at comedy. He's, yeah, and Truth was really good. He kept calling Kane Mister President. Yeah, which I thought <laughs> was so good because he's in a suit, so of course he's the president. This guy comes out. He's he's so, a police officer. Yeah, police officer, but he's also a referee. Truth realizes what's up. He runs it. Yeah, and he runs into the. Oh, no, I can see there. And he runs into the the, the goal triangle, and um, <laughs> and Kane pins him as the twenty four seven champ and shouts, "I've still got it!" So funny. That's great. And runs off. It was great. Yeah. And then Cole buried the football team because of it. Um, then it was announced that Baron Corbin would have his coronation ceremony on SmackDown. Yeah, that would be my main criticism against yeah. the, the the King of the Ring because I thought they did such a good job of the match, and then there was like. No aftermath to it. He just walked up the ramp and they just cut to something else. Yeah, and he didn't even get to sit on the throne. No. He just cut away. Um, then we got Rey Mysterio versus Cesaro, still continuing this Rey redemption arc. 
uh, not redemption, but, you know, comeback? What would yeah, it's a it? comeback, yeah, because he was going to retire and Dominic convinced him to stay. Mm. Um, this was great. I yeah, loved it. Really, really, really solid good. TV yeah. match. Cesaro's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Ray won. Yeah, yeah, that's, I've got nothing else, but it's very, very good. Really, really good match. Then we got some more Bray hanging up the wall of friendship. Then the commentators start pushing the draft, and off that which will happen October 11th and 14th, so the second week of SmackDown on Fox. And then they ran a video package for Who Are AOP? I really like this. Mm. Yeah, this was great. I really, really like this. It's AOP, sat there in suits, look amazing. Just look like super serious. Doesn't really fit their gimmick, like, but they just look like super serious MMA fighters. Yeah, and they're talk and they cut promos in their own languages, and that was really, really awesome. It's subtitled. That's good. That is treating your audience with respect. That it's not like, well, our audience are thick as anything. So they can't read. Mm. Carl, they'll switch over. They'll change the channel, which I do feel that Hollywood and sort of like TV bigwigs do think of American audiences. It was like, oh god, if we ask them to read, they'll just flick over to watch. Something else. Give it two weeks. Sami Zayn will be out there with him. <laughs> I'll be Paige. Paige, here. Yeah. AOP, yeah. Um, but they cut promos in their own languages and said that they haven't had a match since WrestleMania. And it's like when they were uh, in MMA. People were too scared to fight them. They couldn't mm. make any money as mixed martial artists because people were afraid to fight them. Um, yeah, the tag division is soft and they're going to write the book of pain on everyone. Um, although they did say they haven't had a match since WrestleMania. I was like, well, what about the Battle Royal, guys? The super important Battle Royal over in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, well, this you know, this was really good. Like, I at the end of it, I was like, well, just put Paul Eller in with them. This this would be much better. But you it's know what? Old. I I didn't mind this. No, I like it. If they can talk in their own languages, I think it's more intimidating. If they can stick with it. Yeah. Uh, so then we got Sasha Banks and Bailey taking on the women's tag team champions. We got a bit Alexa of Bliss and Nikki Cross. Got a bit of character work here from Michael Cole Ooh. because he went, it's boss time. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's like he used to be so excited to say that he was like she's really upset me she's really, disa just isn't in it she's really disappointed me with those actions so we're still getting boss time it's, now, it's boss time also did you notice Bailey doesn't inflate the tube men until people cheer for her yeah that's nice as well mm, it's good sort of misguided yeah uh, so this was an okay match it was mostly based around Bailey taking out Alexa's leg on the steel steps, which looked pretty good. And then it was just Nikki Cross in a two-on-one handicap match. Valiantly trying to fight back against the two heels. I think we can now officially say Alexa and Nikki are babyfaces. Mm. They've been consistently babyfaces now, I think, for two weeks. And that's the longest run they've had. Oh, might, it might even be longer than that. She's going to bury the hometown <laughs> on SmackDown tonight now you've said that. Quite possibly. So I am, I am comfortably saying they are now baby faces. Mm. Okay, yeah. Uh, and Nikki Cross worked that way uh, terrifically here. I thought she was really good with her comeback. Yeah, Bought trapping, into her. Trapping Sasha in the apron yeah. and then still doing the drop kick on her as well when she was beating up Bailey. And she was like, oh, I've got to take out the other one again. I thought that was actually very, very nice. Now, where this sort of falls down for me is Bailey's being booked really weakly. She's always the weak link since the Bailey Sasha turn. It's she's, always she's been a weak link since she went up to the main roster. Yeah, but you know, like she—it's it's actually in keeping with her character. She was SmackDown. She is SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, now she's being booked like a someone who can't wrestle. Like suddenly turning heel means she can't win anymore. Uh, I guess there's a character side to that, but then after the match, Nikki Cross nearly beat her. It was Sasha Banks that had to pick up the win. 
Then Becky Lynch runs down, saves Nikki Cross from a Sasha Banks chair down. Chair down? Chair, chair down. showdown. They have a... It was pretty much they were hitting each other's chairs. They had a lightsaber fight mm. with chairs. And then Charlotte's music hit. It's babyface Charlotte Flair. Oh, God. And Bailey goes after her with a chair. With a chair. Yep. But Charlotte's heels <laughs> were so big, she managed to take out Bailey before Bailey could hit her with a chair. Hit the leg with a chair. Did you see how many steps Charlotte had to take? If you're going out to the Look ring ridiculous. and you know you're going to do a big boot on someone who was running you with a chair, don't wear heels like that because you can't run in them. I have no idea what she was thinking with this. To make everyone else look small. This is right out of Stephanie's playbook. This is a Triple H move. But that's looked, the sort of ilk. That's what she's been raised like. But she looked dumber for it because she looked like she couldn't walk because she had to take these little tiny yeah. steps before hitting the move. She looked like a right doofus. She looked dumb. Everyone else looked worse that's very because true, yeah. she is still towering above them by quite some way. Yeah, maybe. I, I just yeah, I, and that Bailey looked stupid. She looked really weak, and Charlotte stood tall. At the end of this, and you know what? Sasha's turned heel, Bailey's turned heel, Becky's the man. Somehow, a baby-faced Charlotte is standing tall at these segments. I like how you say somehow. Yeah. Well, well really, it should be, of course, Charlotte's the one that stands tall. And it's just, uh, it's something to watch because... I think it's only going to get worse because really, at the end of the day, WWE don't want to push those other three people. They want to push Charlotte. Yeah. Well, I can see Banks and Bailey getting the tag straps and then yeah. leading to uh, the four horsemen in a tag match. Becky and Charlotte, the uneasy alliance, um, trying to win the tag titles together. Yeah, I can see that too. Uh, Sasha cut a promo directly into the camera after that, challenging Becky to a remake, rematch at Hell in a Cell. And then Becky accepted. She yeah, said but she had a $10,000 fine for hitting that referee. Which she didn't seem bothered about. Well, it's stupid. Well, no, it I was obviously that, but... an accident. Does everyone get fined that way when there are ref bumps? Well, I mean, yeah, quite. But also, Kevin Owens, like, it was a personal slight on him, and it was a big deal. It was, a whole storyline's been turned out for it. Well, it was 10 times more. But, well, yes, but even at, even at the 10,000, he would have reacted the same way. Um... The key to this, though, is that Becky didn't say she just wanted a rematch at Hell in a Cell. She wanted a rematch inside Hell in a Cell. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Oh, I should have probably mentioned that somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's a rematch inside Hell in a Cell. It's her accent. Can't understand a word. <laughs> what she needs is Paige. Oh, yeah. Um, ready to get that PCB Sammy back Zane's together. ginger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in between that, we got more of Kane. So Kane arrived, I'm guessing, at the hotel or, you know, the, the president's lot, wherever he stays and lives. Wasn't it at Monday Night Raw? No, I thought the truth Earlier was taken in to Monday Night oh, Raw. Okay. But I don't know, wherever they arrived. But Truth was riding on top of his limo. Hmm. And Kane gets out of the limo, and Truth jumps up, rolls him up and pins him, so he gets the uh, the championship back again. And Kane grabs him by the throat, and he shoves him up against the car, and he's like, Mr. President, Mr. President, this is a full-time job for you. This belt's a full-time job. You haven't got time to do both of them. And Kane's like, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and let's go with him. He's like, come on, I'll take you to Monday Night Raw. He's like, God, that choking still hurts. He's like, yeah, sorry, it's just really instinctive. <laughs> Kane's amazing. Really made yeah. me laugh. Because now, in this kayfabe world, the mayor of Knox County is someone who is instinctively wants to choke people. Um, he is so, a demon. So when, when they said, let's go to Raw, what was your first thought? 
uh, they, I don't know. I didn't think the cane would come out at the end. Really? No. I was like, oh, okay, so the fiend's going to jump him. And that, that's, not a, that's not a bad thing. I just like, no, I, as I, soon as they said that. I didn't see the cane return coming until the wow. music hit. And I was like, oh, well, that makes a heck of a lot of sense. But in that beatdown, mm. I mean, maybe we'll get to it. I was expecting the fiend to be the one that comes down and clears house. Mm. And save Seth. Well, because he wants Seth for himself. Okay, well, let's do... So next was a match with Lacey Evans and Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke looks like she's completely changed her body type again. It's the fourth Dana Brooke I think we've had. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're the different actresses who keep <laughs> yeah. getting cast. And uh, Lacey Evans won with her women's right, but then into a sharpshooter because she's still building some form of feud with Natty. This was pretty good. I think Lacey Evans is, is really, really improving. She has this slingshot dropkick that she does. Yeah, they which replayed is that. brilliant. Yeah. So, so good. And her sharpshooter, way better than Natalia's. Mm. Yeah, she sat right back on it. Yeah, really good. great. Uh, okay, so the main event, though, was Seth Rollins versus Robert Roode, uh, a match that got zero heat because... Why would you care, really? It's unfortunate because in another universe, this is a pay-per-view, major pay-per-view headlining match. Uh, but Dolph kept on interfering, and Seth eventually won with a buckle bomb stomp. Uh, but well, he, he Dolph, didn't get the win because, yeah, Dolph yeah, interfered. Dolph interfered, so he did get the win by a DQ. Uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Dolph and Robert are uh, beating him down. If there's a beat down... You better believe the OC are getting down oh, there. Yeah. I love that about them. They're just like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, someone's <laughs> being beaten up. Let's go. Hey, yeah, they're they're like, the and then they get in there and they're like, this is brilliant. We're having so much fun yeah. together. And I know it looks, it's a bit like just fudging things together. But how the OC keep on interweaving themselves in loads of different sections of, of Raw, I like it. It makes it feel like they're a big thing. Yeah. Uh, but the real reason behind this was to get as many bodies in the ring as possible because Kane's music hits. <coughs> Kane comes down and he takes out uh, Rude and Dolph and he chokeslams Gallows. He gives a double chokeslam to Anderson and AJ. And he's about to do his taunt. And then the lights, ka-chung, ka-chung, ka-chung. Fiend's there. Fiend attacks Kane, gives him the mandible claw, which he can do because Kane's got his the silly mask on. And then he stalks Rollins at the end of the show, and Rollins essentially pisses his pants. Yeah, and cries in the corner. My God, set like Seth sell job of that it was, was really good. amazing. See, like, people be really down on that, saying like really? it's not how you should book a world champion. And I'm like, they're not booking him. It's not booking him to look weak. He's scared because the yeah. Fiend is a scary character. That's good. It puts over the Fiend. He was just beaten up by five guys. Not the restaurant trade chain. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing onions at him. <laughs> How many <laughs> toppings do you want, Seth? That'll be 20 pounds. <laughs> I only ordered chips. 20 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Have as many nuts as you want. Uh, the, uh... Anyway, so... <laughs> Okay, so my... <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't make him look weak, is what we're trying yeah. to say. I really, really thought Seth did a great job, and it really got me more into this feud between them. Yeah. But in my head, um, I thought, oh, the Fiend's going to come down, and the Fiend will be the one to clear house, or the Fiend will get in the ring, and everyone will back off from the Fiend because they, they don't want none. No, they mm. don't want none. And the Fiend just wants Seth all to himself. I felt that they did the Kane thing just for the hometown pop. And if you're going to do the Kane just for the hometown pop, do that earlier in the show. I see what you're saying. 
I think this was very good. I'm not, uh, saying, I'm not I, saying it was bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I think a more effective way to have done this would mm. have been because putting Kane in the main event slot just for the hometown pop, I thought was it's like bringing out Austin just to get that that ratings yeah. bump. And if Fiend didn't then take him out, mm-hmm. I'd agree with you. But because this was, it wasn't to get Kane the hometown pop. It was to get the Fiend over. But the other side of that as well is that. Bray said last week that he's only targeting people that have done him wrong in the past. And that's why he wouldn't attack Mm, Austin. Okay, so there is... I can explain that. And I don't know how in-depth... I don't know how much I'm just adding this. But Kane did have the relationship with Seth in the authority back in the day. And if a lot of Bray's motivation... In fact, this is... uh, Cage Side Seats' review of Raw brought this up a lot. It was a very interesting viewpoint. If Bray is very much about redemption mm-hmm. and... A revenge. A re- a re- yeah, revenge and also how sometimes people are forgiven and he, the Fiend, doesn't think they should be forgiven. Part of Seth's character is, you know, I, I was in the authority, now I've come out of that, I'm a better person, burn it down, yada yada. There is a connection there between Kane and Seth. It's almost like Bray is targeting Kane as a way to get to Seth and punish him. I know I, I it's, you're, I know you're, it's you're filling in those gaps. But that's how good the character is that I can quite okay, happily yeah. sit there and go, that was deep, man. Yeah. And they probably had no intention. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> they had no intention, but we are filling in those gaps yeah, yeah. Uh, for them. I just think if it was focused on Bray and Seth, that would have been better, in my opinion. Mm. In my humble opinion. And then the show finished... But it had 90 seconds, as we said earlier, of the Firefly Funhouse thing going. Now, I was interested. I showed this segment to my lady partner. Lady partner does not like wrestling. Uh, And I said, but she is into the Firefly Funhouse stuff. Because I've showed it to her. And she's like, that's really cool. And I said, but if you were just flicking around. I'm not home. It's nine o'clock. You're just flicking around on telly. And you see that. That Firefly Funhouse thing just going weird and subverting would you just stop and watch it and see what happened, even if it was wrestling? And she went, yeah, I would, actually. Mm. I thought, my God, that's... That's it. That's really important to get mainstream viewers. Anyway, I thought, overall, I gave it an average this episode because I freaking hated some massive parts of it. But The Fiend is so good, it kind of balanced it out to the middle. I'm in uh, in agreement with you. I'd have also given it average. Um, yeah, The Fiend's very, very good. And I very much enjoyed Baron Corbin winning King of the Ring. There are a lot of... I do not like the Rusev return. I do not like the Cedric stuff. But there was quite a lot of positive on this show. An average show. A long review. That was about an hour there. So let's get into the Super Chats. Uh, if you'd like another quick link between Bray Wyatt and Kane, uh, Bray Wyatt's first ever, when he came back as Bray Wyatt, not Husky Harris, the first pay-per-view match he had was against Kane in an Inferno Interesting. match. Interesting. So of course it was. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Well, Bray, it Bray Wyatt's first, as the uh, character of Bray Wyatt, as was his Bray first Wyatt. match against Kane. Was yeah. it really? With the Wyatt uh, it, family. On, on main roster, yeah. yeah. They had an Inferno match. Mm-hmm. Bloody hell. Do you not remember? Yeah, no, I, I, I do remember not, that. I do not remember yeah. that at all. It's the old noggin mm. there for you. Anyway, uh, the rest of the Super Chats about Rusev we'll get through first. Uh, Anthony Foster said, why not have Rusev face AJ for the title on his return? That'd have been better. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Elijah Whitfield said, What day is today? A poor excuse for a return Rusev day. Yeah. Happy Rusev day, Chopper. Thanks, man. Um, Graham Scrivener leading on from his uh, shreddy Mercury uh, joke earlier, saying, Rusev, don't stop him now. He's having such a good time. Mm. A good time with a, lo a lovely time with the boys. Nice. <laughs> Almost. Uh, Wilson Simon says, uh, I stand by what I said a few weeks ago. Mike and Maria go to marriage counselling and Dr. Shelby wins the 24-7 title. But they haven't got the, the 24-7 title. Mm. Yep. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Valab uh, Mamadipudi says, uh, I absolutely loathe the Canela storyline, but at the same time, I don't know how anyone could come out of this looking good. Fantasy booking? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't think I could fancy my way out of this. Look, Maria could come out looking good of this. Yeah. Like, she's, she feels like a star. If I was to fancy book my way out of this, I would take the WWE tactic of just ignoring it. <laughs> just completely dropping it. And the next week, something completely different happens and um, they make no reference to it. The Grizzly Gentleman says, if the Canela story was reversed, there would be outrage. Uh, Graves saying he looks like a loser and he's weak. It's nice that WWE finds male victims of mental slash domestic abuse funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one quite, yeah, that's one, one reason of it. But I, I, I think um, if you did it the other way would be Dawkins. You know, Dawkins is sleeping around at the moment. That's and he's horny. No, he, every he's not sleeping around with them. He just wants to sleep around with everyone. Yeah. He's a, he's a single man who is looking to sow some oats. Mm. Um, but once he gets a, a finds a lady that he can settle down with, he'll settle of course, down. Yeah, yeah. Will Adams, Luke Owen's number one fan, Cheers, mate. says Rusev stole Rude's moustache. Yeah, well, Rude's is bushier, wasn't it? This yeah. is Rusev's a bit thinner. Great styles though. Love exactly, that. which is what Don like. Robert Rude had the Don Fry moustache. Oh, so good. The Hagar moustache. Continuing with the moustaches, uh, Sidhesh uh, Mijankar says, Rusev deserves moustache breaks from now on. Yeah, he's taken the mantle. Robert hasn't had it for a while. Uh, we're going to the ones about the King of the Ring now. Uh, Vernon Jeffrey says, A valiant effort by Chad Gable, but the mid-card vortex was too strong. All hail <laughs> King Baron. Also, welcome back, Randy Anderson, if you're reading the Super Chat, which he's not. Uh, but I, thanks. I think the mid-card vortex is now... A badge of honor for Barrett. Yeah. He's turned it round. He's claimed it. Danny Trashman DeVito says, can't give Raw, uh, can't give Raw a rating of core without Corbin. <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's nice. good. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Gonzalez says, life's been, uh, life's been tough lately, but King Corbin gives me a reason to live. Wow, he's got an Every, I, what, we, I said this last week. That was that was the turning the point. New York crowd. The New York crowd started to cheer him and put him over as the babyface against uh, Samoa Joe and Ricochet, and that was going to be the start of it. And people are now going to be ironically cheering him as the heel. I'm I'm so into him as a heel. Honestly, I was I was a kid again. I was so worked by that match and mm -hmm. in being into who I wanted to win and lose. I mean, great if it was on pay per view. Mm. Yeah. Petty Kruger says Corbin should get an icy title push and be Lord Corbin. Hope you huh. got, hope you guys have a little bit of the bubbly with the boys. Hashtag Corbin versus Chopper for the crown. <laughs> I'd rather not. Well, uh, yeah, it does go for the US title feast still on Raw. Um, I mean, granted, the, you know, the revival of SmackDown Tag Champ, mm. so I suppose it doesn't matter too much. I would love Baron as an Intercontinental Champion. No, because the Intercontinental Champion comes with a curse where you can't get on TV. Not when it's Baron. But uh, I don't know. The, the pull of the Intercontinental Champion Vortex is strong. Yeah. Everyone just falls into it. 
Headmaster Jonathan Hedman says, uh, Describe what you think King Corbin's new wrestling gear will look like if there's any changes. How similar to King Chopper Whoppers will it be? I think he'll have the same gear. It's just he'll come down with the cape and crown and the scepter. Yeah, and that'll be it. He'll, like, shrug it off his shoulders. Yeah. I'm hoping he comes out in a... I can't remember what they're called, but the sort of carriages that yeah. people, buff men, hold on their shoulders. Yeah, I, I believe that. they're called palanquins. Palanquins. Mm. Ooh. Nerd. Nerd. Yep. Um, Connor Shaw says, uh, do you guys think uh, watching the Gable and Corbin match, would it have been match of the night at cock if it was on the pay-per-view? P.S. Give up the great work, guys. You know what? Probably like, would've... it had a good finish. Yeah. It went really long. That big bump that Gable took where he was backdropped into the uh, uh, timekeeper's area and he just collapsed with all those chairs. I actually think it might have been because you wouldn't have had the ad break in there. Yeah. Match yeah, of the night, it, yeah. It could have been. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Rowan and Roman would have been the most spectacular with the return at the end, but that had a a, a, a sizable down chunk in the middle. This was great all the way through. So, mm. yeah, you're right. Probably would have been. Uh, we got a whole one about Hell in a Cell. Uh, the Adnap 2 says, 10 years after the first Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and WWE still can't book a few to culminate in October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they know when it's happening. I guess, but it makes sense with The, the Fiend. Like, I think this is all quite nicely playing into The Fiend's character. Hell in a Cell, see you in hell. But I think it will end the Becky-Sasha storyline, because I think Becky's going to cross to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we've got lots about The Fiend. Uh, Tristan Thorne said, The Fiend was excellent how he just stalked Seth, and Seth looked terrified. That's how you do a main event scene. More of this, please. Cheers. Mm, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I, I disagree with everyone who was, those who were complaining about it, saying that it made Seth look weak. Uh, the Rocket Dan Van Sky says, uh, There's no way Rollins is retaining at Hell in a Cell, right? Feels like this entire pay-per-view is being designed and geared towards The Fiend. Yeah. I know, yeah, but totally. I'm still worried. No, I, I'm... I am putting faith in WWE here. They're going to pull the trigger. This is one of those times where they have listened to the audience. We have actually been the authority for a change, and they are going to go through with this. Yeah. I think, and I nearly swore then, they will be effing idiots if they do either a lame finish or a lame duck finish or Seth retains. DQ in Hell in a Cell. Could you imagine? Oh, it's, a, it's an anniversary show from last year. <laughs> Oh, I'm really hoping. I'm going to be... I don't think they can get it wrong. I'm going to pop huge when it happens, not just because I'm so happy for the Fiend's character, but just out of relief, because I, it, I'm still so worried. Yeah. We'll be sitting here in less than a month just going, what were they thinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll be... That... Jump cut. <laughs> yeah, I was going to... Yeah, prediction for uh, the WrestleRamble title. How WWE botched Hell in a Cell. Yeah. I think that would probably be worth the uh, expletives in the title for that one. <laughs> Risty monetization just for that. Uh, Zaim Kazi said, Fiend is amazing. Bray should be head of creative. I, I, it's, yeah, it's certainly like down the line when he's retired and hanging up the boots, like an, an agent, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. space on the creative team, definitely. He's got such a good mind for I'd this. like to see him, if I was to put him anywhere, go down to NXT. And work, sort of Ooh, work developmental yeah. with people, working on their characters and kind of like finding what their character is and who their character means to them. Mm. I think that's one of, one of Bray's greatest strengths. Well, for him, sometimes that doesn't necessarily work, you know, like teaching other people and finding it for other mm. people. But God, yeah, he's so good at it for him, himself. 
the Rocket Dan Van Sky comes in again with uh, back-to-back Super Chat saying, When do you see us getting Fiend and Taker segment? Feels like the Fiend is the one to finally retire Taker. Kane segment maybe was a foreshadowing of this. I think it could happen at Survivor Series earliest. You know, if he wins the title there, big Undertaker match at Survivor Series. I think that'd be great. Unless it's going to be, if they are going to do Raw versus SmackDown this year, then it's mm. The Fiend versus Kofi. Mm. So yeah. just, just so the Raw guys can win again. Uh, and once again, Damaz Guy says, uh, do you think the awkwardly long funhouse ending of Raw was to make people think WWE's upside down botch was really The Fiend messing with our TV? I mean, oh, totally. well, you think it's it all by design as opposed to it being a botch. Yeah. Because people think it was a production error, but you think it was by design. No, no. I just If, if you go back to All In, um, remember they had that uh, power outage, mm-hmm. power outage midway through the show, which meant when Chris Jericho appeared with the yeah. Pentagon mask later on, people it was a big thought, surprise. Yeah. But, so. and, the, and the fuzzy tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mike Ducharmi says, uh, fantasy booking, Fiend wins at Hell in a Cell, holds it till Mania. Uh, Balor returns at the Rumble as the Demon and wins it. Fiend versus Demon Balor at WrestleMania. Uh, no, I think, God, I, I don't really, I don't even want to think about how you book the Fiend losing the belt. Uh, and I don't think Finn's the one to take it off him either. No, the Fiend Slayer will be. Oh, God. Uh, Kevin comes in to <laughs> say... Roman. Uh, imagine Graves, Cole, and Young replaced by the puppets. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that that would be a bit gimmicky, but for a bit, it would be very funny. I mean, you know, but you you turned me on to this when someone said, "Do you think we'll get Becky inside Firefly Funhouse?" And you said, "Only as a puppet." And I was like, "That's even better." Like, if they mm. ha- if he has puppet versions of the people that he's going to be feuding with, and you have Bray essentially, you know, interviewing them inside the five, I'd be well up for that. Justin Borley said, is WWE, is WWE actually building The Fiend as a star? They, they already have. Yeah. He, he is a star. Like, and that, that is credit to WWE. They have not overexposed him. They yeah. have kept him just, amount, just the right amount. Well done, WWE. You haven't screwed it up. Yet. <laughs> Uh, Garrett Lippy says... So negative, <laughs> Hey, peeps. Uh, guy with the great name again. Uh, hope all is well. I don't know about your lady partners, but mine is absolutely freaked out by the fiend. The ending of Raw gave her nightmares. Yeah, my wife um, thought it was a bit goofy. I can see why if you if you, yeah if you're not into it yeah. you would hate it. Yeah. Um, my lady partner really likes it. And my lady partner doesn't watch wrestling, so. <laughs> Uh, Sonny Well make her Pete <laughs> Yeah sure, but out of curiosity do do show us some of the Firefly Funhouse things and see uh, she's seen the Funhouse stuff um, what did before. She think? Um it was alright. Oh, okay. It's yeah. no Steven Universe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot stop. It's Steven Universe songs on repeat in our house right now. It's the worst. Uh Sonny with me, I've got the goofy movie soundtrack on loop at the moment. <laughs> Sonny Freightliner says uh, WWE back themselves in a corner with The Fiend and Seth because now The Fiend will either lose at Hell in a Cell or someone has to interrupt the match no, I'd no. say that The Fiend has to win but, yeah you know. The Fiend has to win and The Fiend can win and then yeah. they book themselves to a corner at this point it's not like this is different to CM Punk Ryback there they had booked themselves into a corner because Punk's whole title reign was to put it on The Rock. It was to make the WWE title feel very prestigious so that when The Rock wins it, it feels like a really big deal so you can do Rock versus Cena again at WrestleMania for the title. So Punk's whole reign was done by design. Problem is they then booked him into a match inside Hell in a Cell against the unbeaten Ryback where 
well, Punk can't lose because the whole point of his run is so he's undefeated, but we can't beat Ryback either, so we have to do this finish that they did, which was a dreadful, dreadful finish. So this is the complete opposite of that. Sean Turner says, The Fiend will attack Corbin tomorrow. You watch. Or no, uh, one no, that, feud at a time. Yeah, that, that slots him in the wrong position. Mm. Got a couple about the tag division. Devante Lee said, This is like the fourth time in two years Braun has beaten the tag division by himself in random segments or matches. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's big. They're very small. The mayor of Painesville, Dan, Dan, comes in. This is probably the most anger I've ever heard him in my <gasps> life. Saying, the burial of the tag division is an absolute disgrace. It's shameful. They bury so many super talented people that are in these divisions, wasting their careers. I absolutely hate it, and it's been happening for years. Yeah, well, you, we just got to look forward to AEW for this. They're going to treat tag team wrestling with the respect it deserves. NXT will as well, because Triple H is a big fan of it. But yeah, it, it's, a real shame. Tag, yeah, it's a real shame. Triple H likes tag team wrestling. Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny love tag team wrestling. Vince McMahon hates tag team wrestling. Uh, we got uh, a few about various different subjects. Uh, Ron's Regen said, Kane really has to let Luke Gallows' imposter Kane thing go already. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Very good. Uh, Sean Turner. storyline. Uh, Sean Turner says, uh, I roll my eyes so hard when Seth opens his mouth. I'm more entertained with Ollie's Seth impression. I miss Roman. He doesn't do a lot of cheap pops. Well, that's because they've just transferred all of Roman's dialogue onto Seth now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Timonu Zumaki says uh, Charlotte man. was blatantly smiling while coming out it's quite evident that all the horsewomen enjoy working together IMO well that or, and she's a baby face yeah or she was told to smile because when you smile the world smiles with you yeah just don't wear those massive heels it's like she's on stilts and now we have the miscellaneous ones. Uh, Rex Joseph Kamara says, besides Rusev and Cedric, this was a 4.75 out of 5 show. Whoa, that's big. There was stuff to enjoy, sure. But uh, the, the, the Rusev stuff, uh, and the Cedric stuff, and the Tag Division stuff, and the King of the Rings stuff. And Seth's promo. Like, yeah. There's a lot of bad on here. Jesse Venable said, Noticed El Fakidor is ninth overall in Wrestle League. I'm 11 places back from him, and that's 9 11. This can mean one thing Biggie heel turn confirmed. <laughs> it's written. It's written in the stars, a million miles away. Uh, KJ says, Which wrestler do you love no matter how much they get mistreated? For me, it's Dolph Ziggler, hashtag heel. Uh, Kevin Owens. Yeah. Um, God, there's so many to choose from. Uh, um, rude, I think. Uh, Limps says takeaways number one the fiend equals chaos two ricochet got quite a relegation three king corbin's as over as the b word and four although he put three again uh no better king of the ring than king chopper waffer <laughs> thanks um, um yeah to all uh, those jack dolan said uh what about rusev no what about raven <laughs> what about raven mm. that's so raven Tom McMahon says, first super chat, thanks for being entertaining AF. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Cheers. I hope there's no relation to Vince. Put in a good word for us, pal. Yeah. That's the guy who watches the restaurant. That's how they get all our ideas. Mm. Oh, so you think he's actually Vince? <laughs> <laughs> I need to disguise myself. Tim McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never see past it. <laughs> uh, Will Hate said, Luke. 
Who's the better mayor, Glenn Jacobs or Goldie Wilson? <laughs> well, we've got to re-elect Mayor Goldie Wilson. Progress <laughs> is his real name. Mm -hmm. Progress is his middle name, rather. Uh, Muid Z Rex. Sorry if I butchered that one. Uh, can we please read out Blake Ham's email? <laughs> <laughs> we keep on trying. We just run out of you know time. What? He a actually lot. he actually has sent an email that I do want to read out, but I forgot this week. I'll do it on tomorrow's show. Maybe we'll, maybe if we get time. If we get time. But he actually got to do one that I do want to read. Uh, Andy MUFC says, Happy post-gender uh, post reveal party day, King Chopper. Thanks. Uh, Timothy uh, Beatty says, Should WWE stop swearing for a cheap pop? Well, no. that's how you know the feud is serious. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't know if they really don't like each other unless they say bitch. Yeah, because that's what Sasha said at the end of her promo. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I find potty mouth quite fun. Uh, yeah. I don't think you should outlaw Just it. not on this channel. Hmm. Well, means we can't make money. <laughs> Mayor of Painesville, Dan, comes back in to say, I can't wait for the magazine going monthly. Also, I kind of like Raw this week. What do you think? Was this a final goodbye for Kane? A moment of passing the torch? Also, Kurt Hawkins got TV time. Now, isn't that great? <laughs> I think it was just because they were in Knox County. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Kane's in town. It's like whenever they go to Vegas and you get a Godfather appearance. Uh, you might want to mention the mag, though, because Dan did. Oh, yes. Cheap plug time. Two days away. It's going in shops. Get your issue from WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com. Oh, it's a good magazine. Uh, Skywalker D says, just one question. Where is Lars Sullivan? He's injured. Yeah. A big, big injury as well. Mm. Um, Out till 2020. Dan, you'll be pleased to know as well. You feature in this uh, month's magazine. As a writer? No, in the Twitter talk. Ah. Oh, nice. Um, sort of about NXT UK uh, Cardiff. Lovely stuff. Um, Jacques Hightower says, shout out to my twin brother, Justin Hightower. Cool name, man. That is a cool name. Very yeah. cool name. Just incredible Hightower. <laughs> uh, Chad Rick Clark says, Chopper Pete, you are the father. Eh, rather not, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, Devante That's where Lee. you were over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he found out. He's like, I've got to get over to America. <laughs> Uh, Devante Lee said, I'm so confused. How did WWE get all the unhappy people back on TV around the same time? Also, that Rusev mustache is just beautiful. He needs to keep it. Um, there's a draft coming up. They need all the star power they can get because SmackDown is moving to Fox. That's how. Yeah. But they want you to forget there's an alternative out there. John DiPietro, Randy Datsun's number two fan, says the real father is King Chopper. I don't like where this is going. Ah. It's becoming a thing. I don't like it. Um, Colton Holman said, curious, if Colton the Raw Holman, and... that's a great name. What? Said Colton Holman, that's a great name. It is a great name. Uh, he said, curious, if the Raw and SmackDown Live's current champions were to Thanos away from existence, who would you give each title to to reset the main roster? It's a lot of titles. So. We'll, we'll just do the top ones. So yeah. Kofi and Seth. Oh, I put Fiend, obviously, for the Universal. Owens. And, yeah. Owens, get him away from Shane. Yeah, Owens. As, as a, but in that good babyface role. Yeah. Uh, Swifty Whiskey says, uh, is Michael Cole turning heel? He seemed to be wavering back and forth like WWE's teasing heel Cole for new commentary on Fox. Oh, God. That would be no, no, they, would, they want a more sports-based uh, presentation, so I don't think they would. Uh, we didn't actually get on to how great the Fiend end sequence was, but Michael Cole ruined it by yelling, The Fiend! He's on Raw! Oh, it's 
awful. He's yeah, he can be quite bad. The commentators just need to shut up whenever the fiend's out there. But I will take today's commentary over heel Michael Cole any day yeah. of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan the Alpha Wolf Vella says, Happy National Professional Professional House Cleaners Day. Thanks. <laughs> uh Flame Inc. said, please make Happy Chopper Day t shirts a thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're 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 trying to get merch up and going before December, so potentially. Rick Chandler says, Thanks for getting me through work. Keep it up. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. And Ed says, Dreadful Raw IMO production was horrendous. Oh, in terms of the uh, the the ma- I, production-wise, I thought it was totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no worse than usual with Kevin Dunn's camera work. Is that all that? That was all the super chats, was it? No, that was just the miscellaneous ones. Now we get on to the ones that came in uh, before oh. I just started okay. reading those ones. Um, Talison Hoeth says, "I think Kane was targeted to get Taker involved." Potentially, yeah. I I think it, it was weird that Taker didn't play into anything last Tuesday. Uh, Izzy Valens has another link between Bray Wyatt and Kane saying the Brothers of Destruction took out the Wyatt family. Mm. Yeah, that was there as well. But if we're going down this route, then Wyatt may as well just take out everyone because he's feuded with everyone in the company. Gives him a lot of options. I guess so. Uh, Dwayne Cawley again says they lost the Brothers of Destruction in 2015 Survivor Series. Um, I think I feel like we're clutching here. <laughs> possibly. Um, Balafigs UK says, I bet Corbin makes Gable his jester. Oh, oh yes. No. This is great stuff. Like, that could work with, with Chad being the beaten down baby face. And then makes the big valiant return. And that's when you get the big, like, you know, the screw you, Baron Corbin. And then they have a big old payoff match. Mm. That could work. Yeah. It's what we were saying for Owens and Shane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could work really well. It, that, like, like Miz and Alex Riley, that was a very well-told version of that. Yeah, and maybe then we can give Chad Gable Alex Riley's old music because it was really good. And we just, Say it to my face! <laughs> get that back on again. Caleb Maldonado says, Glad to wake up to some lovely time with the boys. Lovely, lovely time, time with the boys. boys. Louis De Silva said, genuinely one of my favorite fiend moments. As a horror fan, the visual of Bray crawling closer to Seth's face was absolutely captivating and terrifying. Yeah, it was cool. Michael Dominguez uh, says something that it just refreshed. Michael Dominguez says, Ollie, you looked into the Flintstones are the future? No, I haven't had a chance. I was sleeping yesterday. Yeah, so this is the theory. It's like um, Aladdin is set in the future. That's yeah. why the genie knows pop culture references from the 90s. And it's a Planet of the Apes kind of reveal, right? That, that's, yeah, 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 and that's what people are theorizing about uh, the Flintstones. It's actually the future. It's post the Jetsons. Post Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Mm. Um, and that's why they still have the technology and stuff. As opposed to the fact it was just done because that, it was funny. Justin Edelheit, uh, Justin Edelheit said, Happy birthday, Chopper Whopper Ding Dong. Chopper Whopper Ding Dong. Chopper Whopper Dooda. That's mildly better. It's uh, a tag team partner. <laughs> Anton H <laughs> said, uh, Fiend is getting the Stone Cold Attitude Era treatment. He's appeared multiple times throughout the show. He better win that belt. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Dominguez again said, uh, Fiend Roman at Mania, at Mania, anybody but you, Roman feud. Fiend Roman at Mania. At Mania. God, I don't, yeah, again, I don't even want to think about Fiend losing the belt right now. But here's the biggest star in the company. Yeah. The only other thing we could do, and I'd actually prefer this, would be Fiend Cena. 
Mm. And as I, you know, talk yeah. about like getting revenge for WrestleMania moments when Cena really should have put over Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, that is one there. With, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have fiend Cena. Uh, Rocket Danvan Sky comes back again to say thanks guys become a patron everybody great live stream oh yeah, thank, you thank you very, very much, much. you're uh, who did you say it was uh, Danvan Sky Rocket Danvan Sky mm. yeah I was because I was noting down his name earlier I thought he was in today's shout outs but he's not ah unfortunate um, Tanos Tarika said uh, Bray deserves a two year title run minimum That's, that would be uh, yeah if they can make it work yeah that would be great uh, Adam Hunter said, what if Bray starts replacing those he beats with puppets he has in the funhouse? It might get a bit crowded in there. I like the wall of friendship. The wall of friendship, I think, really works. Because so, the puppets are sort of you know, fragments of his psyche with mm. Sister Abigail. Rambling Rabbit in reference to his rambling promos and Huskus being the old, much larger version of Bray Wyatt. So I actually think it's better to keep it just his fractured personality as opposed to people he's beaten. We've well, got Vince. But Vince, I think, is also just part of his fractured psyche. It's just his father figure. Yeah, well, Mm. which is what Vince likes to believe himself to be. And, you know, you are not good enough to be in this company because that's what he's been told a lot (laughs) over his career. Uh, Tex Nuka says, uh, I do not want the Fiend to get the title. Character-wise, what would be his motivation? He wants to make friends, not fame. Uh, That's a good point, actually. What is his motivation to win the title? I don't know if it's the title he's after. It's just Seth, and Seth has got just just happened to have the title. Yeah. But then again, maybe we'll go after Braun. He could go after anyone. Go after Kane. Uh, Anwesh Mishra said, uh, "What about Alistair Black beating the Fiend to take him off the title? Uh, take the title off him at WrestleMania?" You no, know I feel quite good about that one. Um, but yeah, two years down the line, maybe a big yeah. Fiend Black match. Yeah, we need to build Black up a little bit more. Yeah, because I mean, let's let's just do anything with Black, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, Marcus Roman says, Chopper, join the Steven Universe side. Have some dollar. I used to like <laughs> Steven Universe, and then it got terrible. Uh, Mike <laughs> Depew said, uh, really wanted to see the slow corruption of Mad King Gable. Oh, that could be cool. I li- I'm really into the jester idea now you've sold me on that. Thank you. I mean, it was someone else's idea. Mm, no, thank you, Luke. <laughs> And uh, Zachary Jenkin, uh, Jenkins says, uh, WWE do know they have a potential, uh, or I guess don't know, they have a potential five-star match with Cedric and Ricochet. Yeah. yeah, and they wouldn't be allowed to put on that kind of match, though, unfortunately. But, God, yeah, that would be amazing. And then, finally, thank you to Robbie and Steph Roberts and Tim Arndt for donating, but with no message. Thanks, Pete. Thank, thank you, you all so much. Lots of thank super chats. Lots of them. <laughs> Good show. Yeah, I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is good audio content when we make these <laughs> jokes when we haven't done the show you say yet. That, I mean, I got a tweet from someone yesterday who said they had to stop listening to our Clash of Champions review because our cock jokes were too, uh, too childish. Yeah. I mean, to the point where they said they were going to unsubscribe mm. if it continued. I got home. Uh, you've got to understand, we were very sleep deprived. I didn't realize how, like, Essentially drunk I was. <laughs> because, that you know, when, when you're very sleep deprived, you, you set the same, uh, what's the word? Lowering of inhibitions mm. as being drunk after like a couple of pints. So, yeah, we did, on reflection, we made a lot of cock jokes. Uh, but some of those were excellent. Oh, yeah. When we went on that run about stiff oh, yeah. and limp. The way to climax, get a cock harder is to get another person involved. Those... That's some of our finest work. 
But yeah, overall, maybe we said too much. But you've got to realise we wouldn't have had that one good joke if we hadn't made all the others. Absolutely. But yeah, we're, we're sorry about that. Someone, someone like messaged me and was like, why is my son Googling Cox and Riley Reed?" <gasps> I think they were joking. I okay. hope they were joking. It yeah. was just like a, a good-natured Josh, but... Yeah, we are a PG show. Yeah, so I, I do. Yeah, and I, I take the the full. We'll rain it that back one. in. Yeah, I, 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 I Roman reigns it in. I take the full blame on that one. I also want to establish as well because I slightly got I lost the original point of my story in that first half. Oh, that you were right. The, well, that that wasn't the point of the story. The point of the story was was to back up the point that you made that kids today would just be more accepting of it. So if you were gay at school, you were just like, yeah, I am. And every other kid would be like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd, I'd hope so. Yes, that was that was the point more I was making as opposed to when mm. I was at school, people were afraid to come out of the closet for fear of people taking the piss out of them. Whereas these days, it's trendy. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> sorry, excuse me. This comes in from uh, Luke Chador, Luke Chador, rather, Bernard. It says, hey guys, you may remember some of my story from when I emailed in about how I found your channel. I told you after my mum passed away in 2014 when I was only in the sixth grade, I struggled with depression for literal years before you guys helped me get past it. I have another story to share with you today. After my mum passed, one of the ways I coped, as in air quotes, with my depression was stress eating. I put on tons of weight and was very unhealthy. I believe in my sixth grade year, I weighed almost 200 pounds. People at my junior high had little sympathy for me and my questionable behavior and traits from elementary school, brackets, I acted like a psycho, was fat and was a smelly kid, uh, close brackets, had followed me into my sixth grade year. Like I said, I struggled with depression during my junior high years and in my seventh and eighth grade, it was quite possibly the worst point of my life. I became a troublemaker. I vaped. I vandalized. <laughs> I broke rules. I literally threw dog poo through the window of my junior high school once. I got picked on for my unhinged personality at the time. After all, I'd already lost my mother. What else was there to lose? Mm. Vaping is the worst of all those things you, you lined out there. Yeah, but, well, yeah. you know what? We don't know the dangers. New York's banned them. You've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite interesting. But sorry, continue. Yeah, but cigarettes are still available to buy. You know, go figure. Um, it's, it's, I won't get into it. Mm. I'm lucky uh, I never got into any... <laughs> I'm lucky I never got into any fights, and to this day, I still haven't. But it got bad enough that I moved schools and began a clean slate at a high school in my freshman year. I was reformed and straightened out over the summer by my family and the communities I talked to online. This was about the time I found WrestleTalk as well in, my, in early 2017 to late 2016, I want to say. One of these communities I became an active member of was the furry community, who, in my experience, are some of the most loving and caring people on the planet and helped, my co uh, helped me cope with my depression. Sorry from the occasional disgusting minority, which is, the, uh, which is who the media will focus upon, the community is such a loving, caring and wholesome place. But once I left my phone unlocked on my desk to go to the bathroom, and while I was gone, my desk neighbor had gone through my gallery and shown multiple people my folder filled with art of my character who cool. represents the love we have left in this world. For two whole years, two years, that's all I heard about. I was constantly degraded five days a week for my hobbies, and it seemed nobody had any scrap of love inside them. A lot of this is capitalized. Mm. I legitimately contem contemplated ending my life at multiple points. Luckily, every time I had unlistened episodes of The Ramble to listen to and calm me down, or I might not be here today. The first podcast I listened to was during one of these moments was a Saturday ramble on the War Raiders signing with WWE. Phenomenal news. 
Somehow in my transmission, uh, transition to sophomore to junior high, everyone seemed to uh, mature and I learned how to take it as a joke over time. I'm much happier and healthier than I ever am and I'm alive today because of you guys. I love you so much, I can't even begin to express how grateful I am. Uh, this has been your Maryland-based luchador, Bernard, a.k.a. Luke Chador. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you. We are, of course, 100% responsible for that. Not your own personal growth and inner strength. So, yeah, I'll take that. Yep. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's amazing. A furry. Yeah. I'm uneducated about furries. I, I, I as mean, am I. I know, for people who don't know, the... It seems to be a large community of people who dress up as furry animals and bundle and cuddle. But then there is... Like the cuddle puddle. Like a cuddle puddle. But then there is sort of a sexual component to that as well. But that seems to be, from Luke Chador's email, a smaller one than you would think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know enough, uh, unfortunately, to comment on this one. Tell us. School us, Luke Chador. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Let, let's all learn. Yeah. Let's all learn about this. Let's not be scared. No. Let's grow and find out. Yes. And most importantly, be right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if there's one thing you can take away from any of this. Is that once again, Luke Stephen Owen <laughs> was right. <laughs> Um, speaking of um, possibly being, being right. well, possibly being wrong, uh, Frank has emailed in to say, um, uh, in reference to our can of water that we were given. Oh God! At, uh, it's still in my fridge. It's in mine as well. The press screening, which you and I figured was no plastic. Yeah, yeah, that's what we figured at the end. Oh, yeah, I assume so. That, well, that's what our lady partners said. Yes, they went. And, well, it's better than a bottle of water. And then we both said. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'm going to assume that's the reason. Well, Frank emails in and surprised you haven't figured this out yet. <laughs> Although it's possibly different overseas from the USA, at all wrestling events at stadiums and large sport-type venues and such, beer and other normally glass-bottled items are in cans and not glass bottles because of the threat of a broken bottle and such in fights, and canned stuff is served already open in front of you to prevent them uh, being held into the ring. So the venue themselves may actually serve canned water, although I've not seen it anywhere, personally, at least uh, on the eastern US seaboard through uh, Florida. So your canned water venue... So so if your canned water venue sold bottled water, I guess that's an aberration probably due to the producer manufacturer promoting a new delivery of their product. But if the venue themselves sold, it's possible they moved away from selling plastic bottles. Just trying to help. Yeah, I think so. We over here get plastic everything in venues. Yes. So like the bottles aren't glass. They're squidgy plastic yeah. or poured into a the plastic pint. beers cup. that you and I got at that screening were in plastic bottles. Exactly. Because... You can throw cans as well. Mm -hmm. They can get little sharp edges. Absolutely. If you get a good angle yeah. and throw it with enough ferocity, you can really hurt someone. Absolutely. I've never been served a can of something at a no. venue. This was definite from my, from what I reckon, this was just a wanky move by a water company thinking there's a lot of bottled water out there. We can't break that market. Let's make a can of water. Now, Ollie says, Wanky, I think it's a good thing because there's too much plastic on this planet and it's effectively killing us. So everyone should have their own bottles. I've had this bottle that I take everywhere. Yeah. BPA free for six years. But if you Mwah. are going to sell water, which really is a false economy, you may as well do it in a can. And uh, to your other point, it wasn't sold by the venue or provided by the venue. It was provided by the PR company. I'm assuming it was put on by Disney. In a little goodie bag. Or 20th Century Fox. Well, it wouldn't have been Fox, no. would it? but maybe Fox's old PR team. But anyway, uh, we are going to have to wrap this conversation up. Thank you very, very Do much. Do not roll your eyes in this room. I don't even know why I did it. Ugh. 
it just sort of happens. Don't do it, man. I actually feel quite sad. That's worse than the cock stuff. <laughs> But thank you so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review with the coronation of King Baron Corbin because why put that on Raw where more people will see it? Thank you so much for watching. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.